Today's episode is sponsored by the American Chemistry Council. Chemistry creates, America competes. Good afternoon, everyone. Everyone has been working so hard uh, to fight back the coronavirus. New Yorkers continue to go out there, doing the right thing, getting tested. Uh, So much going on. But uh, this morning, uh, we had bad news. For several days, actually, before the press conference, the city of New York had started warning parents that the coronavirus rate in the community was starting to inch up, and they have a pretty strict threshold there. Unfortunately, as of today, on our seven-day rolling average for coronavirus positivity, New York City has hit exactly 3.0%. So that ended up happening on Wednesday. And as a result, we do need to close our schools for the coming days. The school district and de Blasio announced that schools would be shut down starting Thursday. Uh, No one is happy about this decision. We all, in fact, are feeling very sad about this decision. Our lives have been upended. This pretty much enraged parents. Shut the bars down. Close the restaurants. Close the gyms. Ban indoor dining, but do not close the school. You know, parents want things to be open for their kids, and people want things to be open for their recreation. And until we find a a unified way to approach it, it's just not going to abate, and it's unfortunate. This is a complicated situation that we just don't all see eye to eye on. I'm Jeremy Siegel. This is Politico Dispatch. And today, Nirvi Shah on why schools are shutting down or staying shut down despite research showing limited risk of kids contracting COVID in class and how the nationwide surge in cases is reigniting a debate at the center of the pandemic. Schools or bars? In your reporting, you've looked into the science of coronavirus at schools and how the virus can spread among kids um, and what experts are recommending is the right thing to do when it comes to closing down or staying open. What do we know at this point about coronavirus in schools? So there's less spread than I think there was originally feared. The fields are empty. The playgrounds deserted. And all across the United States, school buildings sit empty. So schools shut down back in the spring because we didn't know so much. More than half of the country's students have been sent home, leaving parents to try and become teachers instantly. And what's turned out to have happened since then is there's definitely times where kids can spread the virus to each other and teachers can spread it to each other. And presumably there has got to be at least some cases where students are spreading it to teachers and vice versa and to other school staff. But it's way less than people feared. So the spread that's happening, the surge that we're seeing, is really driven by what's going on outside of schools. And of course, kids bring that in, teachers bring that in, janitors bring that in, and so on and so forth. But it's far less worrisome than originally thought. That's not going to make every parent feel at ease. There's parents at home that have autoimmune disorders or compromising health conditions or children themselves who are in that boat. So it's not a fail-safe. And there are definitely kids that are, have gotten sick. That's where things stand. It's, it's far less the worst-case scenario that we envisioned. I guess given all of that, 
You know, it is really tough, I think, for parents to have kids home with them. It's obviously tough for kids not to be in school. If it's not as much of a problem than we initially thought it was, why are we seeing school systems like New York's shutting down? Or why are we seeing other systems across the country staying shut down? So different school districts have different thresholds for what requires them to shut down. In New York City, it's a 3% rate of infection in the general population, and that's their threshold, and that's what they decided, okay, when we hit that in the community, we don't feel like it's safe to keep our kids in school. And in other places, it's it's just a completely localized decision or a statewide decision on what that number is, what is the acceptable risk that they feel that they can have in the community to keep schools open. That's really but what's been driving everything is what's going on in the community. And that's, I think, the tipping point that we're seeing now where people are wondering why if schools are dependent on what's going on in the community. We were promised that decisions would be made based upon data and science. Then why are things in the community running as if there's not as much of a crisis going on? Well, the data and science are in. And the risk of spread in schools is low, and the harm that we are doing to our children is high. Whereas schools are just a necessity, and, you know, if we can live without bars for a little while, then we should. Who lobbies for the single parents? Who lobbies for the women that have to leave their jobs? Businesses, real estate, they all have all these lobbyists. We're here to fight for us. That's sort of the conundrum that uh, people are really confronting now. Do you think we are seeing a situation where dining and bars and nightlife are being propped up over kids' education? A lot of people would say that, absolutely. They're wondering why a totally optional activity of being able to go to a bar or sit inside at a restaurant when there are other options you can shift to takeout and delivery or keep bars closed with perhaps some kind of financial support from the state or from the federal government, whereas, you know, public education is much less of a nice thing to have, right? That's a thing that we in this country value as a thing that everyone should have access to. So there's definitely a lot of frustration over how these decisions were made. And people are, of course, going stir crazy. We're in months into this pandemic, and they're so tired of being cooped up and they want to socialize. There's also the issue of it's, you know, of course, parents are frustrated because they're dealing with this at home, but there's many parents that can't stay home. They have to work because they're essential workers. They work at a hospital, they work at a grocery store. So those kids are in this particular bind if they're on their own at home for education and it's remote and they don't have the option to go to school in person. From the experts you've spoken to, What is the path forward here? Like, what's the safest way to keep cases down, let kids learn as normally as possible, and while doing all of that, you know, try to keep people from going stir crazy and try to stop businesses from going out of business? From the folks I talked to, they said it's just going to take some sacrifice. Bill de Blasio said as much in his press conference on Thursday that it's going to be just a matter of time before he imposes more restrictions on restaurants and bars or maybe shuts them down completely. Everyone who honestly might feel somehow a little better if they knew that indoor dining was going to be closed or gyms were going to be closed, I'm sorry to tell you that 
for the sake of those business owners and everyone who loves those gyms and loves indoor dining, it's just a matter of time. It's very likely to be in the next week or two. I think there's a fundamental lack of understanding even now about what it will take to get this thing under control, according to the health experts. You know, parents want things to be open for their kids and people want things to be open for their recreation. And until we find a a unified way to approach it, it's just not going to abate. And it's unfortunate. People are probably putting maybe too much stock in a vaccine than we should be. It's not here yet. And there's going to be problems getting it out um, to everyone that needs one and people who may be skeptical of it. So it's it's a little bit hard to say. This is, this is a complicated situation that we just don't all see eye to eye on. Nirvi Shah, thanks so much for talking with me. Thank you. Also today... The CDC is advising people traveling by plane internationally to get tested before and after flights to help stop the spread of coronavirus ahead of the holidays. According to new guidance released over the weekend, the agency says people planning to fly should get tested one to three days prior to their departure and again three to five days after traveling. The CDC is also recommending people stay home for a week following their trips, even if they test negative, and they should stay home for two weeks if they aren't tested after traveling. The agency says travelers with known exposure to the virus should postpone their trips entirely, get tested, and quarantine for 14 days. And... Top advisors to President-elect Joe Biden say he will announce his first cabinet picks on Tuesday. Last week, Biden said he made a selection for Treasury Secretary, but he's keeping his choice under wraps, saying it's someone he thinks will, quote, be accepted by all elements of the Democratic Party, from the progressive to the moderate coalitions. Several Senate Republicans have indicated they will confirm most of Biden's picks in January, But his transition team is still facing roadblocks. The General Services Administration, the federal agency responsible for starting the formal presidential transition process, has not yet certified the president-elect's victory, meaning Biden's team can't access federal resources. Subscribe to Politico Dispatch wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like what you hear and want to help us out, you can do that by leaving a rating and review in your favorite podcast app and by telling a friend to check out the show. I'm Jeremy Siegel. Thanks for listening.